Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Last week we had an enlightened debate about whether it's ever acceptable to change the club you support courtesy of Luke in Brisbane who is toying with the idea of switching from Newcastle to his family club because he can't take the heartache anymore. Lewis and Phil, I assume if Arsenal went out of business you'd support Spurs. That would make the most logical <laughs> sense, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a Man City fan now. We're not in the Champions League. Oh, really? Actually. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, Jose Pedro Marquez has been in touch this week so his team in Portugal Estrela de Amadora I think I'm saying that right went bankrupt in 2011 and since moving to Finland he supported the biggest club in the country Um, he says there's too much emotional attachment to your true club that doesn't disappear though no matter what you or your club does there is too much history I still enjoy football but I can truly say that I don't support any club and to address Nico's question and challenge I can for sure say that if anyone ever manages to change the club they support then they were never a true support to start with pretty damning Sad stuff wow yeah agree and Luke in Brisbane also got back to us to say that he uh, his family club that he's thinking of changing to is Burnley <laughs> sort of out of the frying pan into the fire Newcastle like. for Burnley exactly yeah, yeah. That's, that's more of a sideways move at best, I would He's say. Think yeah. about his career trajectory. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if anyone else is thinking of um, changing the club that they support, then let us know. The email address is podcast at onefootball uh, Welcome to this week's. Uh, it's the One Football Podcast Brexit Special, as I'm calling it. <laughs> I'm Dan Burke to celebrate four English teams being in the last eight of the Champions League. We've got four English men in the studio. So that's Lewis Ambrose, hello, Phil Costa, good afternoon, and Matt Frolick. Hey, what's up? So yeah, Champions League stuff. We'll start with that this week. Um, we'll start with Tottenham's 1-0 victory over Manchester City on Tuesday. Carlos Lopez has been in touch. He wants to know what league has the worst referees. After watching that game, I think it's the Champions League. Does anyone agree with me on that? I found that a very frustrating game to watch from the, officials' point of the view. The City game? Yeah. Um, Not I, that I feel City were hard done by in any way. I just I just find it so stop-start in the Champions League. Yeah, I think that's the issue. I don't think it's the refereeing issue. It's just the VAR issue. Because I, I think last night, everyone was saying, oh, VAR did really well in the, in the Manchester United game and got the Suarez decision right and overturned it. And then people were complaining about Danny Rose's handball. So I think in two nights, you've had the best and worst, and that's going to be it. Mm. I thought Danny Rose's was a penalty. Absolutely. He put his arm up, he made his body bigger, it's a handball, it's a penalty for yeah. City. I don't know why people are arguing against it, but this is VAR. This is going to happen. I You're going to hate it or love it. <laughs> yeah, I guess the thing with the penalty incident, right, is that it was um, the sort of thing that probably wouldn't have been given if VAR wasn't there. Definitely and you sort of not. think, well. Yeah, the ref missed it for sure. And yeah. even the city, like, there was no reaction from the city mm-hmm. players asking yep. for a penalty as well. I, I agree though with, with the stop start business. I did, we, we must have all seen by now the, uh, the ref mic'd up in Australia. Oh, yeah, mm. yeah. Super interesting. And even when, when the guy was talking to him and he said, um, so what's happened here is, and they're very elaborate with it all to make sure it's like pinpoint, whereas mm. it could be done a lot quicker, I think. Yeah. And that ref was like, oh, I'm going to go over and sell it. You just knew as soon as he was going yeah. over there. Obviously, in the Champions League, they they have refs from sort of neutral countries. Do you reckon it would be easier if it would look more like a Premier League game if they just got an English ref to ref games between two English sides? Yeah, why not? Yeah, also really. Just communicate with the players. Wise, yeah, way for sure. As well. mm. So Bjorn Kuypers was the referee there. Phil, do you think these referees are getting perhaps a bit too much help from VAR in situations like that? I don't know. I think at the end of the day, it's there to help them. That's the whole point, right? Because as Matt said, he, he missed the penalty. He went to have a look and he gave it. Um, 
I just feel like once they go, there's a a tendency to give whatever the decision is afterwards just to justify going, mm. which shouldn't always be the case. You should just go have a look to either change your mind or reaffirm your decision. And Matt's right as well. They take too long. Just when we watch football on TV, we don't need 10 replays. You mm. usually need one. You can see the contact or a handball whenever yeah. it's there. Um, but it's the first few years, so maybe they're just feeling their way in. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just it's just how it's going, isn't it? Yeah. I, I have no no problem with no. it taking a little bit of time. I do think sometimes it undermines, though, what they do as a job. Yeah. Because the, the linesman looks stupid. I always <laughs> think that. I always just think that this this machine has literally gone, you're wrong again. Made the, the, game, the game's played so quickly now that you can't you can't possibly see everything. Yeah, um, you know, handballs and small contacts. It's 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 a good tool. I think a lot of it is human after you see the replay, and it's, yeah. it's it just shows that people still get stuff wrong. You think they should like tighten where they use it or when they use it? I thought so. I didn't think Danny Rose's was a penalty. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think why not? By the way, I, I think the if you go by like the laws, then I thought his arms in a pretty natural position. Mm. Like for someone who's just slid onto mm. the ground, I don't think he's like stuck his arm out really deliberately to to block the ball. Mm. I think his arms just there because he slid on the ground and the shots happened to hit him. He's definitely not done it on purpose. Um, I just think that like, the, but the fact that we can even see it differently just suggests like. Offside is black and white. You're offside or you're not. They can put the calibrated lines or, you know, the goal line technology is the same thing. Mm-hmm. But offsides and is it a penalty? Like, is it enough contact? And this, these things always look way worse in slow motion on the replays as well. And just think maybe they should have just introduced it just for offsides to begin with. Mm. Really got the process clean. And then if they want to use it for handballs or fouls and that kind of thing, then do it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Once they've, you know, narrowed the laws down. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, what is a handball now? It's changing next. Season. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we saw it in the World Cup in mm-hmm. the summer as well. Like there were so many penalties, pulling and little touches yeah. in the box. Mm. But then it's just like, well, now we're using it in the Champions League, but those penalties aren't being given. So why not? Mm. Yeah. Remind me what the change to the handball rule is. So the change is anything that makes your body surface bigger. Yeah. So right. without the width, you're so Danny Rose, for example, his mm-hmm. if it didn't hit his hand, it wouldn't have hit his body. Yeah. So obviously, like. Obviously, guys can't see it. <laughs> but my arm over my body, if it doesn't hit my arm, it's still going to hit my body. Right, it's right, fine. Right, but anything yeah. that yeah, improves the surface area mm. is is. is you a notice a lot of players like defending balls down the line, like at the moment, sort of tuck their arms behind yeah, their back yeah, just always. in case this happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, people are saying, oh, you, if you give those, you'll be given 10 penalties a match, but that's not actually happening, is it? And anyway, if, if you're going <laughs> yeah, to lose the City, Sergio Aguero's <laughs> probably going to miss it anyway because he's got a pretty horrible <laughs> record. Uh, four, He's missed four penalties in the Champions League now, more than any other player since his debut in 2008. Why is arguably the best finisher in the world so bad at penalties? I don't get it. Anyone? <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's hard to put your finger on. You can talk about composure and pressure and all this stuff, but he's played in... The highest pressure games was he part of the final, the World Cup final against Germany? Uh, yeah, he would have been. I, I think, think he was maybe he? injured. Yeah, he was in You know, this in, in Aguero's world, you know, a Champions League quarterfinal first legs hardly high pressure. Mm. I don't know. Maybe just miss it. I always think penalties are a lottery. Yeah. Uh, Aubameyang's the best example. He scored a penalty. Was it a few weeks ago? 
It was Again, the, I think it was the, game, the game after the yeah. Tottenham game. It was game. terrible. Yeah. Both penalties were shocking. One of them, the goalie went the right way. One of them, he didn't. <laughs> it's completely... I yeah, mean, no one would be saying it was a bad penalty from Aguero if Lloris guessed yeah, the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And I mean, they always say as long as it goes in, it's a great penalty. So. Mm, very true. I think I got too used to Yaya Torre just slotting them away yeah. comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> You've been fortunate. Uh, we'll talk a bit about the game itself now. My first question is, did Pep Guardiola overthink yet another Champions League knockout tie? City was sort of unrecognisable from the team that you, you usually see. Yeah. Um, the system was weird. It and felt way too conservative. Mm. Like you usually play with Fernandinho and two players ahead of him mm. and it felt like Gundogan was way closer to him than he would usually be just in a in a Premier League game. I think I think this Champions League thing's a bit in his head. And I think it was that combined with being away from home. I, d- I have no doubt in my mind that City will never play like that in a home game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but going away from home, Champions League quarterfinal, I don't think he got in his head. Like you saw in the first 10 minutes of the game, Fabian Delft did this thing where he plays left back and then comes into midfield. And then that was abandoned after about 10 minutes. And he just sort of stayed as a normal left back, which he isn't. And then if you're going to play him like that, then play Leo Sané. Don't play Sterling. Mm. Both of the wingers wanted to come inside. City usually just so much variation in the team. Like there's someone's hugging the touchline on the other side, someone's not, or one of the fullbacks is doing it instead. But it felt all a bit of a muddle to me. A bit predictable as well, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. I think I think Guardiola. He, he showed signs of it before the game and if you watch the pre-match press conference he was talking we know what Spurs like we know physicality he was, was consistently talking mm. about Spurs being a physical team and he obviously completely abandoned everything to change for that and it didn't work yeah. but yeah I agree with Lewis you don't have Fernandinho and Gondwan. you have one or the other you don't, you don't have both yeah he, yeah Guardiola's last Champions League away victory in a uh, quarterfinal or semi-final came eight years and ten matches ago with Barcelona against Real Madrid. Phil, do you think he sort of pays a bit too much reverence to the competition? Like, I wouldn't imagine City setting up like that against Spurs mm. away in a Premier League game. Yet, because it's the Champions League, he sort of changed everything. It doesn't. Maybe I think Lewis is right. I think this. The longer this record goes on, the more he's going to think, "What do I need to do to change it?" And you're right the selections just looked a bit strange from from the off we saw him do it at Liverpool last year you know it's maybe he does just overthink these things I think he's a guy that's just always thinking about stuff anyway mm. uh, he's so intense he's always you know he, he completely invests himself in everything that he does so maybe that was just getting to him because he's so used to perfecting everything else um, but I mean Mares is I like Mares and I think the criticism has been a bit over the top but mm. Bernardo Silva was a big miss but Sterling on the left is just completely different um, and when he kept Sane and De Bruyne on the bench for so long it just mm. I don't know why like what what is going to give them two minutes at the end how can mm. they impact the game from there it's just mm. I mean 1-0 is not a terrible result and you'll always back them to score yeah. at home but the, the whole balance of the team just fell off and I think he definitely maybe pay too much attention to to the occasion and to Spurs rather than just focusing on City mm. and the fact it was a first leg as well it's just almost like this, there's this safety net of a second leg at home but an away goal would have been huge for yeah. City mm-hmm. and it just felt like they didn't really push for it because they were maybe worried about conceding the opener which then they did anyway 
Well, I reckon he's very scarred by that Liverpool uh, away leg last season. And apparently Guillaume Balaguer was on BBC last night and he was saying that the reason he brought De Bruyne and Sané on so late was because he didn't want to send a message to the team that we're going to go and chase the game now mm. and, and risk conceding other goals. So I think he was sort of happy for, to sort of stick with 1-0 in the end, which is, you know, a bit weird, but like you say, it's perfectly salvageable. Uh, but Matt, how did you think Spurs played on the night? Uh, um, yeah, I was just about to throw in a shout out for instead of... <laughs> Talking about how bad City did, I thought Spurs were brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I thought really, really good. And the the intensity and the physicality of them all, I think, really won it over. Because in the final third, mm, there weren't actually that many goal sort of clear opportunities. Aside from the penalty, Kane had that chance when Otamendi, for some reason, fouled Ali and then everyone kind of stopped. That was a bit bizarre. Um, I don't think there were too many chances, but Spurs really, really wanted it. And I think they could sense that City weren't quite right on the night. Um, definitely in the midfield was where it was won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Musa Sissoko yeah. was, again, um, unbelievable. Believe well, Harry Winks had a really good game, but I think I think it was above and beyond for Spurs. Definitely recently, mm. I mean, Kieran Trippier has been terrible for Spurs. Yeah. Facing one of the league's best wingers and um, someone who's certainly in my running for PFA Player of the Year, and Raheem Sterling, and Trippier had a brilliant game mm. against Sterling. I would have put that the other way around. <laughs> yeah. I was worried when I saw that. So no, I thought Spurs did really, really well. Aside from the Kane injury, yeah. Um, Look, uh, Kieran's been in touch. He says, "Do you think Tottenham will be able to beat City without Harry Kane, and will they?" Make top four. Uh, top four, I'm positive about for Spurs. Four home games out of the last six, um, all against weaker sides. Without any disrespect weekend, to Huddersfield, yeah, Brighton, yeah. West Ham, and Everton. Everton will be a tough one. Mm. Um, Spurs' record is good without Kane this season. Eight out of eight without him. Um, but as for the Champions League, the semi, uh, sorry, the semi, the second leg, uh, I'm not so positive. Mm. How did they set up? Do you think Urante starts or um, Lucas um, Moore? No, no, yeah, well? Lucas yeah. Moore. Yeah, the, I think Son will definitely be the attacker, and, and Lucas Moore or even Lamella if he's back. Um, but I doubt he'll start. But yeah, Lu- Lucas Moore probably. As you said before, that's only one nil. A Liverpool, a Liverpool, a City two nil home win is hardly something out of this yeah. world. I mean, that's very, very, very plausible. So it's by no means over. Yeah, you mentioned Musa Sissoko there as well. It's been quite the turnaround for him at Spurs, hasn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's one of these things where you can't speak about it too much to non-Spurs fans because you don't have the stats to back it up. <laughs> you can't be like, "Oh, he scored this, or he's done this." There's no like quantifiable number for effort put in. That's not a, <laughs> that's not a statistic, <laughs> but. Just ah, absolutely ridiculous. He's he's the best way I can describe it for this season. He's babysat Trippy on the right hand side. Every time he messes up, Circle's like, "Don't worry, mm. I got this." Just yeah, just an absolute machine. Mm. Really shows some good hard work. And he even said the other day, he said, "You know what? I'm not the best player at all." He said, "I'm just going to give the best version of me." Yeah. So play. thirty million well spent in the end then. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I thought Fabian Delph was City's weak link on the night. He's played in uh, five of City's six defeats this season, and his only previous two starts of 2019 came against Burton Albion and Swansea. Do you think City's left back issues have caught up with them finally? Yeah, he fell asleep for the goal as well, didn't mm. he? He's turned around and appealed. I think sometimes the players forget that there's VAR. If he's offside and they score, they'll, they will find out yeah, that he's offside, yeah. but he's appealed and let Son come inside way too easily. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we've we've been saying for how long that City need a left back if Benjamin Mendy's not going to be fit, mm-hmm. and he's still not really fit. So Zinchenko filled in really well for for the last few months, mm-hmm. like way better than I thought he was going to. But Delph last year was pushed to his limit, I think, and Champions League quarterfinal wasn't the place for him. No, definitely not. Can City do the quadruple, Phil? I mean, they can. Um, <laughs> but will they? <laughs> no, they won't. No, I, I think, think it's such a huge... The way people have been talking about it is, you know, they're still in four competitions, but this has never been done for a reason. Like, it's hard. Mm. Um, I mean, maybe abroad it could be different, but in such a physical league like England, when everyone is out for blood every week... And, you know, injuries take their toll, you know, mentality, you get tired, legs get tired. It, it's such a difficult ask. And City have been amazing, you know, for, for 90% of the season. But when you have challenges like Liverpool, Spurs, even United, you know, all these teams don't want you to succeed and, mm-hmm. and they raise their game. Look, even winning one trophy is amazing. I mean, I know... The Carabao Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a trophy. Um, you know, people shouldn't underestimate how difficult it is to win one. So obviously the, the ambition every year is four, mm-hmm. but I can't see them doing it this year. Yeah. But, well, I mean, they're still in, they're still well, in right? everything. With, everybody's just talking about it all the time. Yeah, and exactly. it's, not, it's not like last year where the league was kind of, was, was just settled by, by March or February, but this year City are going to have to fight tooth and nail just to win the Premier League mm. they're going to have to go even harder to win the Champions League as well and then when everybody's talking about four trophies it's just it's an extra mm-hmm. sort of distraction that nobody needs yeah I'd be more than happy with the domestic travel which has never been done before either so you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Wednesday night Barcelona won 1-0 away at Manchester United um, you think that's a, not a disastrous result for United really but they didn't have a shot on target at Old Trafford it's not great, is it? Got to be a bit worried about going to camp now and getting something there. Yeah, I didn't think Barcelona were very good on Wednesday night, and I think they won pretty comfortably mm. at the same time. And I think that says that pretty much tells you about where Man United are at the moment. Four losses in the last five games. Yep. Sort of, they were they were winning games under Solskjaer, and some people thought it was because he's only going to Solskjaer and some people were like, oh, they're getting a bit lucky in some of these, um, and it appears to have been the latter which doesn't mean they've made the wrong choice, obviously, appointing him. Yeah. But people got a little bit carried away by that early run of form, I think. Mm. Uh, Matt, you were complaining about VAR earlier, um, but it was a force for good in this game. Barcelona's yeah. goal was correctly awarded after initially... Yeah, well, well, this is what I mean about it. It's just, it's never... It's just like the same thing with the referee. Sometimes you're going to love him, sometimes you're going to hate him. Mm. And uh, I think the problem is that with technology like this, you're expecting to get it right every single time. And what's more is that people are unsure of the rules. I mean, the... the um and they don't have the screens at United, but at Spurs, as, as Lewis mentioned, no one, no one appealed for it. And then all of a sudden, something pops up on the screen saying yeah. there's a penalty being reviewed. And everyone's like, what was going on? <laughs> so yeah, the same thing. I think it's good from, as mentioned before, the offside perspective, because I feel that that's very black and white, whether someone was gaining an advantage or not. If, if there's a more human element to it and someone's gaining a feel for a game and, you know, there's a tackle that looks rough and, you know, I, it sounds bad, but it's the first minute or it's a derby and you leave one in and the referee's got to be able to say, you know what, I've seen it on VAR could have been something bad but knowing the two players and knowing the occasion and knowing this and that and you know it's a bit slippy or whatever I'm going to hold back I wouldn't to have it completely automated yeah I'm not uh, I'm not overly sure 
have to say Destiny I loved help. the um, the sarcastic cheers from the United fans when they thought <laughs> the goal had been disallowed. <laughs> I mean, and that, that was, the flag that went off and they all yeah, got yeah. excited. <laughs> Especially as it's Suarez as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could use the word flat to describe all four games that took place this week, but it feels like it particularly applied to this one. Why don't you think it lived up to the hype, Phil? Or were you not really expecting much from it in the first place? I don't place? know. I think... To be fair, I thought the fans were were up for it. Um, it was quite an in, an intense game, but you could tell in the first, you know, even in the first five minutes that Barca weren't quite at the races. You know, Artur and Busquets, who are usually so good in possession, were a bit sloppy. Longley was terrible, and he looked a bit nervy. But I, I just don't think United really knew how to approach the game. Um, we were talking about it earlier, the away goals. You know they 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 count for so much now. So maybe they thought, let's just not go too gung ho and, and expose ourselves because Messi, Suarez, even Coutinho. I know he's struggling a bit, mm-hmm. but these guys can make a difference. Um, it did feel a bit flat around the middle of the game. I think both teams were still just feeling each other out. But even though they lost, I think United are built much better for the counter and and playing those away games as we saw in Paris mm-hmm. a few weeks ago so even though they lost I think they'll still feel fairly confident you know with Rashford Martial mm. Lingard all these guys they can they can still hurt Barcelona yeah um, so like the City game they lost not ideal but 1-0 is very salvageable mm. It's far from a bit vintage Barcelona team that we're watching at the moment, yeah. is it? Um, Lewis, I saw you tweeting during the game about Ernesto Val- Valverde subs. You were a bit negative, you thought. Yeah, I just... I, I, maybe I'm stuck in this idea of what Barcelona were a few years ago. I just think that their strength is not digging in and keeping a clean sheet. And I thought the game was... there was It, went, it was flat and Barcelona just needed someone to put their foot on the ball and calm everyone down I think this thing's in their head about three years I think it's three years without a Champions League semi-final um, we saw it last year when they threw away the game against Roma and he did the same thing then uh, in Rome Barcelona were 2-0 down one more goal and they were out and he took off Iniesta and brought on Andre Gomez and I just thought bringing on Sergio Roberto and Arturo Vidal yesterday mm. was a bit of the same Vidal was the I, I just watching the game thought just calm down somebody <laughs> just keep the ball for a minute take the sting out of it don't let United steam into some tackles and get the crowd going and then he brought on Vidal which is the complete opposite within the first five minutes he put in two ridiculous tackles yeah. and got booked he, he improved shot, after that but it just doesn't strike me as what Barcelona are and what Barcelona it's not their way of playing the game I think that sort of it could have played into United's hands I, I just think they always struggle you always struggle in the Champions League tie, especially when you're the weaker team at home. That's the issue, is that Barcelona mm. don't need to force the issue. And it's exactly the same thing with Manchester City, as you said, with Guardiola making decisions late. When you're the better team, you can go and you don't have to expose yourself or risk losing in the first leg. Because I'm sure City, Barcelona, even Juventus to some extent in the Ajax game thought, you know what, you guys do what you do. You get your home crowd hyped up, you take the lead, you know, you put the tackles in. As soon as you get back to our place, we're going to steamroll you. Mm. And I'm sure, you know, and the impetus is on Manchester United. The impetus is on the weaker team to go out and attack, but, you know, they're not that stupid. I mean, to go out and risk being out of it after the first leg is not a good idea. Mm. So when the yeah when the weaker team's at home first, it doesn't often lend itself to a big game, yeah. unfortunately. I thought United actually looked pretty good. I don't know whether it was Barca making them look good or what, but um, there, was, there was certainly moments. I, I, I think considering they were at home, I think a lot of people went into the game with lower expectations mm. than maybe they should have had 
I don't think this it's not the Barcelona of three or four years ago it's, they're still great they're Barcelona yeah. um, but I think yeah we see at home in Champions League games the advantage is huge so I, I would not be very positive on United's chances of winning in Barcelona yeah well Luis Suarez has now had more shots without finding the net than any other player in the Champions League this season 33 shots uh, but I want to talk about Ashley Young how Matt is Ashley Young not only playing for Manchester United at 33 years old but captaining them I don't know that's embarrassing that, <laughs> that is that is right up there with my daily shower thoughts <laughs> a lot, you know they're just something that completely baffles me yeah. he's one of these guys who you know what and fair enough he's you know had a successful career from being part of Manchester United who I really think and as, as bad as it sounds his his loyalty and his willingness has completely shot himself and eventually his team in the foot I always thought Manchester United were full of these players mm. throughout throughout history just the guys who if they weren't at the club already you'd never buy them in a million years there's no way that Fergie's sitting there going oh have you seen this John O'Shea over at Everton <laughs> yeah. oh yeah no it doesn't happen if they come through you know the same thing oh Darren Fletcher Wes Brown you keep going if they come through and they've got you know loyalty or they're there for a long time like Young has I think eight years now he's Somewhere been there like, yeah, eight yeah. or nine years then you're almost willing to repay the faith where you need someone to come in and you know put your foot down and say hey former left winger who's now 34 you're not starting right back in the Champions League first leg <laughs> quarter final are you mad like you know what I mean I think oh great you've done this and you know you've won everything with United I'm very happy for you but no there comes a point <laughs> where yeah. that kind of thing just does not happen yeah. shouldn't happen sort of the symbol of the sort of modern Manchester United metaphor I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah the Manchester United News did their play ratings he got one out of ten for young. <laughs> I think that's a little bit wow <laughs> it's a little bit yeah but the man of the match I thought well for United certainly was Scott McTominay do you think we've been a bit harsh on him Phil he's sort of a bit of a a bit of a punchline isn't he McTominay is he's sort of Mourinho's mm. little uh, teacher's pet but yeah he looked good I thought I think he's a perfectly fine player I mean to to be anywhere near the Manchester United team you have to be a good player um, and I think there's especially in the last few years there's this you know clamouring for every player to be amazing or he just looks a bit boring like he's mm. he's kind of lanky he's a bit tall you know he's he's not got that much technical ability but not every player needs to be messy you know mm. you need these players in, in your side to come in and do a job he worked hard he showed a few nice turns you know but I, th I just think you know we've seen it so much this season on social media especially every player needs to be amazing and hitting the ground running straight away and, and if not you know there's there's an agenda against him straight away but he was perfectly fine I mean he's not their first choice you know Herrera was out Matic was out perfectly fine and he um, he stood up to the task better than most of the other players so mm -hmm. why not yeah I, th I think it says a lot about United's team if your boring centre midfield you know simple passer is winning man of the match what on earth are the rest of you doing <laughs> yeah true that yeah, yeah. <laughs> well Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was talking after the game about how they can summon the spirit of 99 um, in the second leg leaving aside the fact that he really needs to get a new reference point do you think, <laughs> do you think they can come back into this Lewis do you think they've got any, any chance <laughs> They can. They they were rubbish in Paris, in my opinion, and, yeah. and they won there. So it, all it takes is a, a dodgy bounce or a lucky deflection or a handy VAR decision, and you, you know it's one all. So they definitely can. 
I wouldn't bet any on it mm. personally. No. Well, I had a horrifying thought while I was watching this game last night. Um, I was sort of thinking, well, Liverpool are pretty much guaranteed the semi-final now, aren't they? They've more or less yeah. passed Porto. I would fancy them to beat United or Barcelona over two legs in the semi-final, which means they're probably going to get to the final again, which means I think Liverpool could well win the Premier League and the Champions League <laughs> this season. Liverpool City Champions League final, winner just takes both of them. I'm having a cardio, uh, cardiac arrest <laughs> thinking about that already, yeah. Yeah, it's it's possible, right? When you think about it, it's kind of mapped out for them now. Yeah, very much so. Wouldn't surprise me if they won the Premier League and, you know, if they get to the final of the Champions League, then it's anyone's game, isn't it, really? Mm, that's, I'm not so sure about them beating Barca over two legs. But no, well, really. I, I hope you're right anyway. I hope you're right. Um, but they won 2-0 at home against Porto. Um, were you surprised that perhaps it wasn't even more comfortable for them that game? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody in the world watched it because I thought everyone was watching City Spurs. <laughs> I was just seeing highlights and stuff uh, yeah. and it looked comfortable enough. Um, a couple of maybe fortunate decisions went their way. Mm. But yeah, I think 2-0 and not conceding away goal. I think they'd take 2-0 over 3-1. So yeah. then they they go to Portugal. If they score once, it's over. Mm. We'll talk about those decisions that you mentioned. The first one um, looked like a pretty clear penalty incident with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Why, why do we think that wasn't given? Anybody? I'm not overly <laughs> sure. I think, I think the fact that Alisson pushed it into his arm maybe takes it away and I think this is what we're talking about the the decision as of next season however I'm sure it's in the referee's mind now is that any sort of handball stopping a, a I don't know how to describe it uh, a moving forward action so a cross or a shot or a pass mm-hmm. is definitely a handball this is being punched from the goalkeeper and it's going out for a corner so maybe he's thought you know there's no clear advantage that's to be gained mm. by you know his arm not moving there mm. He hasn't stopped anything, Arnold. True. He stopped true, yeah. a corner to Porto. So I think it would have been harsh in the context of being a handball. Then yes, if VAR are going to review it, and just like Daniel Rose and everything else, it's touched his hand, it's a handball. But I can see why it wasn't given. Mm. And the other one was a pretty nasty studs-up challenge from Mohamed Salah on Porto's Danilo. Now, the UEFA have already said that they're not going to punish him retrospectively for this um, because the referee saw it at the time. Yeah. But if the referee's seen it at the time and not given a red card, because mm-hmm. that's a red card all yeah, day, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so what, absolutely. what's the thinking about that? I don't get it. Well, just on the way here, we were talking, me and Lewis, about this. And... I mean, when you when you slow it down and and look at Stills, it's it's quite incredible how his leg isn't snapped in half. Um, I think anyone else but Danilo, who's you know an absolute brute, I think he um, he was extremely fortunate not to be sent off there. And and as you said, if the referees and the officials did see it, then it's just negligence on their behalf mm. not to not to at least book him. You know, it's yeah. it was high. It was it was dangerous, and for. For nothing to to result from it, Liverpool can can account themselves very very lucky. I think. Mm. I mean, it's not typically in Salah's nature to do that, but it doesn't matter. A bad challenge is a bad yeah. challenge, mm. and um, yeah, they got away with one there for sure. Well, it was very nasty. Um, but you know, we'll talk positively about Liverpool now <laughs> if we must. Um, Roberto Firmino has been involved in twenty Champions League goals since the start of last season. Um, is there a sense that he's still a bit underrated, Lewis? Do you think? Yeah, I think he is. He's, his Premier League record maybe doesn't stack up. I think we're still, or a lot of people, coverage of football is still stuck in this idea of, well, you're the you're the centre forward. You've got to score twenty five goals a season. 
if Mo Salah's scoring 25 goals and Sadio Mane's scoring 25 goals, then Firmino doesn't have to score 25 goals as well. If he's getting 10, 15 goals a season and facilitating those two, then he's massive. And we all know how Klopp's teams play with that high press as well. And I would struggle to name a striker in football who works as hard as Roberto Firmino mm. at that level of football. So I think he's actually the perfect striker to play for this Liverpool team. Yeah. And Naby Keita got on the score sheet for Liverpool. A um, bit of a fortunate deflection, but there you go. Um, how impressed or, or disappointed would you say you've been by his first season? You've it's watched him a fair bit in Germany, I would imagine. Yeah, he was great for, well, his first season in the Bundesliga for Leipzig was unbelievable. He's in the top two or three players in all of Germany. Um, and the way he played that year was the perfect idea of a clock midfielder he just does everything mm. like Vinaldum on drugs <laughs> just, just running around like a madman winning tackles dribbling through the park incredible like you know like a winger you would expect that close control and acceleration and getting on the end of moves in the box as well and Liverpool I'm not sure what's happened because I didn't personally I didn't think it would take long for him to come in and get used to Klopp's way of playing but it has for the last few weeks he's he's been a bit better Klopp looks like he's trusting him a bit more now as well he played and scored against Southampton last Friday night he's starting a Champions League quarterfinal now as well so I think he's slowly earned Klopp's trust we can't forget that he also got carried off in Napoli mm, uh, during right, the group yeah. stage and ended up in hospital with a bit of a mysterious back injury <laughs> um I think now he's had that year or almost a year he's starting to look like the player that he was at Leipzig and I think next season he could be very very good yeah very much so uh, there was one more game in the Champions League this week in Amsterdam uh, Juventus were held to a 1-1 draw by Ajax um, I think it's fair to say Ajax were the more dominant team in this one though by all accounts um, a lot of people looked at it as quite an easy draw for Juve do you think it looked, that looks a bit foolish at the moment Matt? yeah I, I'm not quite sure what's easy about winning 4-1 at Real Madrid away. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you'd still think that I mean more fool you if you do as Juventus found out yeah I think Ajax are really really strong last night and I think they're one of these teams that they're almost better away like we said with Manchester United where they can go away and they can be super confident because of that Real Madrid win and because of how they play and the speed and you know the quality that they've got that, that's the difference as well the quality they've got when they go forward mm. is so so good that I don't necessarily see it as a bad result for Ajax um, but yeah Juventus would be foolish to write them off so easily even with Mr Champions League himself mm. a friend of mine asked me the other day what I thought if, if Ajax were in the Premier League where they would finish this season oh. I said between 5th and 8th but I'm sort of thinking twice about that and maybe thinking more towards 5th and 8th at the moment they, they do look a lot better than I mean I don't really watch Dutch football very often if I'm being perfectly honest I think that's a, a per, top 6 yeah. perfectly fine shout they're a young side which can work in your favour a lot but the standard of football in England is obviously very different to, mm. to that in the Eredivisie but you know we, we can see them now up against you know the best of the best in Europe and they're more than hold, holding their own so um, yeah why not? I think top six is a, is a, is a reasonable shout for them yeah, yeah. Do you agree with that Lewis? Yeah I don't think they're a worse team than Watford Everton and we're <laughs> yeah, looking at those true. teams finishing seventh this year with Wolves yeah, true. sort of fighting for that place yeah. I think there may be somewhere between those and sort of Arsenal yeah. Tottenham Chelsea and United 
Who would you say? I mean, Frankie de Jong is going to Barcelona in the summer. Uh, Matis de Ligt is going to go somewhere probably as well, isn't it? Who are the other players that you think teams should be looking to poach from Ajax? David Neres for sure. Yeah. He looked really... Funnily enough, he actually started quite slow um, yeah. in Ajax, but I think he's got eight goals in his last nine games now. And, you know, he uses his right foot just to stand on most of the time. But that finish yesterday was, yeah. was brilliant. Brilliant. Um, so I think he will go for big money uh, this summer I think PSG were interested maybe Everton as Dortmund well Dortmund had a bid rejected Dortmund, last year so he's obviously mm. doing something right um, Ziyech as well just class isn't he I mean mm. Bayern have been sniffing around if Hamez doesn't quite work out I think Ziyech would be more than uh, a nice fit there so but I think De Ligt is definitely the one who could I think he's going to follow De Jong to Barcelona. Yeah, to be it honest. Like it, it? Yeah. Um, or Juve, you know, it depends what who pays the money, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. But mm. it's just, it's like a never ending conveyor belt, isn't it? I, I, all... I honestly think they could lose their whole team. Monaco esque. Yeah. They've just, even even right down to some of the other defenders and the midfielders, Van den Beek's really good as well. Mm. Talia Fico. Yeah, Talia Fico. Yeah. Yeah. agent been... has already said he won't sign a new contract. Yeah. Oh, Nana has been linked with a move away as well. and so many but I think that's what they do so well they keep the sparring with the with the more experienced heads and blood these youngsters who are just so superior it's unbelievable apparently um, I read on Twitter earlier you mentioned Onana the goalkeeper there apparently when he comes out to warm up at the Amsterdam Arena they put on the Rihanna song the, oh, yeah, yeah they do yeah <laughs> what's his name yeah. <laughs> oh. um, Cristiano Ronaldo has now got 125 goals in the Champions League do you think he's maybe carrying Juventus a little bit too much this season in this competition though it sort of feels like everything just funneled towards him at all times and they've sort of the rest of them have kind of forgotten what to do a lot of the well, time for Real Madrid yeah I guess yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah play to your strengths that's why they signed him though isn't it at I the guess. end of the yeah. Did that defense has always been solid. If they yeah. keep a clean sheet and yeah. Ronaldo scores, they win every game. So I think they'll be all right. Yeah, mm. I think so as well. I mean, they've got a one-one draw there. It's a decent result. I mean, after the way I played at the Bernabeu, do you think they should be a bit worried about about hosting them next week in the second leg? No, I think Juventus are a, a different animal to this year's Real Madrid Very team. True. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, I think they'll always back themselves to to defend well, like Lewis said. Whereas Real Madrid were in absolute shambles under Solari. So, mm. um, they, I think they'll feel like they have the edge at home which is perfectly un- understandable with, with uh, their experience and, and the talent they have so yeah I'm going to go for Ajax <laughs> I quite fancy go, it actually as well yeah. yeah. it would be a great story I would love for it yeah, to, to happen I've, I've seen Juventus on a few occasions not many but no, there's always there's always a poor performance in them. That they lost to United early in the season. <laughs> I mean, that's true. that was Mourinho's United. That was in the Champions League, and I was thinking, wow. And even when I watched Spurs go there last year and get a two all after being mm. two 0 down, it could a be. Bit... It could definitely be a more interesting watch, I think, than Liverpool, Porto, and maybe United, oh, yeah, and United yeah. Barcelona. Yeah, as absolutely. Well. I think it could be closer than both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that bombshell, let's have your uh, predictions for the four semi-finalists from here, then, Matt. Ooh. Uh, well, I've got to go with Spurs, even if I think Man City will win. <laughs> I've just got to back them. Uh, Spurs, Liverpool, Barca, and Ajax. Lewis, uh, Juve, Liverpool, Barcelona, and City. City, Liverpool, 
Juve and Barca. I'll go with that, but Ajax instead of Juve is my my prediction. Okay. Interesting. Pretty varied. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, we don't normally talk about the Europa League very much on this podcast, but I feel like we sort of have to this Europe's week. Europe's best competition. Well, yeah, we've got you two yeah. Arsenal fans <laughs> in. Appetizers out the way for the week. <laughs> got you Arsenal fans in to, to sort of taunt you with the Champions League, so we'll, we'll talk a bit about your team now. Um, Arsenal play Napoli on Thursday, um, but first of all, they were dreadful against Everton on Sunday, weren't they? I think it's fair to say. So bad. But maybe the worst game of the season. Yeah. Why? What what went wrong for them? Do you think? Where do you start? How long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> plenty of time. Um, plenty of time. They <laughs> they couldn't keep the ball. They couldn't move the ball out of defence. They couldn't create any chances when the ball did end up further up the pitch, and they leaked chances. Was um... other than that? But they had a good game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be wise to say that they were missing Granite Jacker. Lauren Koscielny Aubameyang wasn't, Lucas Torreira as well Torreira still banned uh, Aubameyang wasn't 100% fit but this, the 11 on the day should have been able to at least compete with Everton and it was just terrible mm. lethargic slow they lost every 50-50 possible I mean Andre Gomez and Idrissa Gay were completely dominant over El Elneny and Genduzi. Um it was just yeah it was terrible away from home it's, it's never a fun watch with Arsenal but that was vamped up to awful standards yeah. as, a, as I said to a friend of ours who supports Everton it, watching the game it felt like Everton players finally had the <laughs> chance to feel what it was like playing against Everton <laughs> yeah. so how does Emery fix this do you think this, this away problem uh, is it a case of personnel or is it something he's doing wrong I find Arsenal a bit too afraid in away matches I feel like the sort of a, a catch-22 Emery finds himself in of well we, we're not really great defensively so should I put more defensive players on and kind of protect the defence um, or do I put more attacking players on where Arsenal's talent lies and maybe expose the defence a little bit I think he's gone the wrong way I think he goes a little bit too he didn't have a choice at Everton because of the, the absentees that Phil just mentioned but I feel like Emery tries to sort of tighten up in these away games and it'll usually just be either Aubameyang or Lacazette and then teams will come on to Arsenal and and create chances uh, personally I would just play, Rams, uh, play Ramsey play Aubameyang play Lacazette all at the same time and go for it uh, Arsenal's talent is all going forward to try and score goals mm. what happened to Ramsey on the weekend why didn't he start he wasn't completely fit so uh, how on any started I forgot he was even there yeah, so did he I think <laughs> yeah, honestly and he's got the number four shirt that's what blew my mind the most yeah. <laughs> still more starts than Denis Suarez now for Arsenal yeah it's, what's oh, happened yeah. to Suarez yeah. I, well it just looks like they wanted someone in case of injury or that kind of thing but they refused to even include an option to, to buy him for uh, good reason but why? He's like the most expensive foreign exchange student. It's just, <laughs> the thing is... Spanish Aaron Ramsey, when by his we, looks. Yeah, when we signed him, we had injuries. Mkhitaryan was injured. Um, Wobi was struggling for Mesut Ozil was out of favour. So we were really light out wide. But then as soon as he arrived, Mkhitaryan came back really well from injury. Wobi's regained some form. Ozil's back in the picture. He's just fallen down and down in the pecking order. And I think he's had about half an hour in... Carabag or whatever. Fewer, fewer Premier League minutes than Cole Jenkinson for Arsenal. Yeah. It's, it's, hell. it's just yeah. been a, a complete waste of time. 25 yeah. minutes or something he's played in the league. Yeah. So they're not going to buy him in the summer. <laughs> no, I'll be surprised not. at this point. Yeah. I mean, Emery knows him. It was. It looked 
on the surface an okay deal for for six months, but it just hasn't mm. hasn't worked. Out. I thought it was a really good deal. I was there, and one of the prognosis, like, yeah, you know what, <laughs> great bit of business. Yeah. Barcelona don't want to, but ah. Oh. Sat behind him at the Community Shield once, Dennis Suarez. Lovely head of hair, but he does, yeah. Yeah, average that's football. True. That's Handsome true. for sure. Yeah. Like, looks yeah. like he should be in a boy band or something. He does, actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, what they call the Jonas Brothers or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Arsenal have got a better chance of winning the Europa League or finishing top four this season? Oh, that's a really difficult question. Ooh. Arsenal still have to play Wolves, Leicester and Watford away. It's sort of, you know, we've just seen what happened to Everton and they are all very Everton-level mm. teams. It's not like... No disrespect, but it's not going to Cardiff and Huddersfield and, oh, yeah. and Fulham. These are really tough games away from home. So I think you'd have to be a, a real optimist to see Arsenal winning a couple of those games. And I think now they probably have to win a couple of them realistically mm-hmm. to be in the top four at the end of the season. But then again, they've got to probably win by a couple of goals against Napoli mm-hmm. at home tonight before going out to Naples. Yeah, that's true. So I... <laughs> I think it's a coin toss between which one's easier to win or to to get through to the Champions League next season at the moment. I'm going to say the Europa League. Yeah, I think Europe, you can sort of break down the games as sort of one-offs or not one-offs, but there's like a clear objective Mm -hmm. and form. It doesn't quite go out the window, but you can sort of have tunnel vision for those games. Whereas in the league, you know, you're just steadily trucking along and, and this away form is just going to keep it's like a stain on, on the mental aspect and as as Lewis said Watford a physical side Leicester are on a really good run under Brendan Rodgers so it's just you know I, I'm not going to back Arsenal to win any yeah. of those so I could fancy us in, in Europe to, to maybe I mean once Napoli are out I'd back us to to at least compete against Chelsea mm. or Eintracht. Confidence or, over there. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I don't I'm know. Putting Napoli I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Well, I was going to say, even with the second leg being in Naples, that's got to be. A bit yeah, of I'm, a, I'm honestly, I'm optimistic about Europe. In the league, I'm not, but I don't know. I fancy us. Yeah, yeah. if you go past Napoli, I, I would fancy Arsenal as well, actually. But yeah, it's I'm Villarreal sure. or Valencia. I was I was for about the, to say winner, is that the next the winner of this semi final plays Villarreal Valencia. Ironically, that's easier than Napoli. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I'm I'm not as a Spurs fan trying to insult you guys, <laughs> but you know this is a Champions League tie, Napoli Arsenal for sure. But Napoli are the team that you know pushed Juventus all the way last season. Yeah, but they've been poor this year, haven't they? Yeah, been, but like... they've got second, you know, under their thumb. I'm I'd say they're firm favourites for the tie. Mm. Well, oh, sorry, oh. I was going to say, it looks like Dustin David Ospina is going to be fit to play, so that's got to be a boost for Arsenal, right? Dustin Dave. <laughs> He's yeah. allowed to play against them, I Yeah, yeah he is allowed. Yeah, I'm not sure if he will. I think yeah, he might play yeah. Alex Merritt. Right. But well, your point just now, Matt, I think they did challenge Juve all the way last year, but they're not quite the same size yeah. as they were under Sari. Mm. Um, I am lo- looking forward because non-stop transfer rumours for the last year surrounding yeah. Koulibaly. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get his name out of the transfer mill. So mm-hmm. now I'm quite excited to see him against the English team. See how, yeah. see how I he mean, goes. He's, he's the standout performer. Yeah, yeah of course. He's their, their number one. Um, I think Insigne should be fit, which is another is another boost for them. They're really strong in midfield. Alan, mm. Zielinski, good players. Yeah. I don't know. They just they don't have the quite the same aura that they did last year yeah. I mean they're still a, a brilliant side Carlo Ancelotti is the king of European competition you know Emery mate three Europa Leagues <laughs> you see what he was saying about True. Wenger this is his thing uh, Ancelotti uh, they, 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 he said didn't they meet up they 
Spoke but, about French food, like French that. wine, yeah, Italian yeah. food, Italian wine. They asked Ancelotti yeah. in his pre-match press conference if um, it was true that he was close to taking over from Wenger at Arsenal. And he was like, oh no, we never spoke of anything like that. We only spoke about French food and French wine or something. <laughs> and Italian, <laughs> Italian food and Italian wine. European managers are so cultured. I would, <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to sit down and just watch yeah. Ancelotti and Wenger talk about food and wine. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Sounds so dreamy. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Uh, Chelsea are also in Europa League action tonight uh, against Slavia Prague. However, and I think it's more importantly, they're off to Anfield to face Liverpool in the Premier League on Sunday. Um, they won against West Ham on Monday, Chelsea. Do you think um, maybe they could get something at Anfield? He asks, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fingers and toes crossed. I don't see why not. If Hazard's in that form, they did win there earlier in the season. In the League Cup, that's true. Yeah, yeah. With um, another amazing goal, by the way. Yeah, another yeah. amazing goal from Hazard. Yeah. yeah. So is, I mean, is Denver Bar available? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've got. Uh, yeah, as I say, they've won in Anfield early in the season, so that probably gave them a bit of a boost. Mm. I know Sarri was talking earlier in this press conference about resting a few players for the for the Europa League game. Don't do so that. Will fit. <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, I mean, it sounds it sounds a bit harsh, but yeah, when you're going to. Slavia Prague is it Sparta Prague I don't Slavia know. Yeah. Chelsea, Chelsea did tweet the other day that they were playing Sparta Prague yeah. oh that was it yeah, yeah. so it, it's Slavia Prague um, no disrespect to them but yeah I can completely understand resting Hazard and, and a few others for the Liverpool game mm. I don't see why not form says no absolutely not they'll get beaten yeah. by Liverpool but you never know yeah they weren't convincing against Spurs no they've not been convincing for a while Liverpool really I'm just kind of on a personal level hoping that that look kind of runs out Mm. look in inverted commas Um, but yeah you mentioned Eden Hazard scored a wonderful goal there Um, journalist Michael Cox tweeted during the game that Hazard has once again been the best player in the Premier League this season it's not true is it I probably not I don't, but I don't think. I he's, think Hazard's I think, amazing. Don't get I don't me think wrong. he's as far away as most people would think. Because I think Chelsea, like, so if we what we talk about Raheem Sterling or Virgil mm. Van Dijk and Bernardo Silva, are probably the three big yeah. contenders yeah. for PFA Player of the Year. They're all playing in way better teams than Eden Hazard. I think if you put if you swapped Hazard and Sterling, then maybe we'd see the plaudits that Sterling's getting. Some mm. of them go to Hazard instead. Yeah. Real Madrid this summer do you reckon that's going to happen for sure yeah, yeah. I think it's just a matter of time now. Mm. maybe last year I can't, I can't believe it didn't happen last year because even after the World Cup he was like you know it's my dream Zidane's my idol blah 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 um, but for, what, for whatever reason they didn't go for it but with one year left you know I, it, it could be complicated with the transfer ban yeah. maybe Chelsea dig their heels in but do you really want to lose someone f- like that for free mm. Because there's no way he's renewing. Yeah. I think they, they did smart business with Pulisic in January, bringing him in. And they definitely knew. I yeah. mean, the second the Pulisic yeah. was announced, yeah. you thought they know. They knew about the ban coming up. It's been over them for years. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, sure, I'm I'm actually amazed. And if they don't get top four, then that's it. Mm-hmm. You wonder what, there's no Champions League. You wonder what Chelsea will look like. Like this Chelsea team without right now him. without Eden Hazard because yeah. he's sort of just the entire attack on his yeah, arms. Well, well, hasn't he right, contributed yeah. to the most yeah, Premier League goals and, yeah, goals and assists? The reason why I think he's not being talked about as as up there with the Sterlings and the Van Dyke is just consistency. Yeah, mm. um, He had that amazing start to the season and then Chelsea tailed off. So he obviously tailed off, but now he's hit some form again. But I think Sterling and Bernardo and, and Van Dyke have been brilliant 
at least eight out of 10 mm. every week. Mm. Whereas Hazard's been nine, then you've had some fives and some, yeah. and some sevens. So, but he plays for a very inconsistent team I agree. as well. Which I agree. Help him, yeah, I agree. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about the contenders for the PFA Player of the Year. There, who would get your vote if you were allowed? I think Raheem Sterling voted for Harry Kane, by the way, which I thought was a bit bizarre. Well, he didn't want to vote for Van Dyke, did he? Oh, I, did, I think there's a there's a new rule that you can't vote, or is it an old rule? You can't vote for players from your own team. Yeah, no. So if he if he voted for Van Dyke, it's basically a vote against himself, isn't it? Well, didn't Van Dyke vote for Sterling? Yeah, yeah, Dijk, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's obviously a, a more dignified big man, man big than yeah. Sterling. Um, I think Bernardo Silva's the player that I've enjoyed watching the most this mm. season. So I would say him. I think it has to be Van Dyke personally. Mm. I mean, I I'd agree. say that very much against my own interest. But yeah, it's... <laughs> I think it's stupid that it's voted before the end of the season. That's also yeah. Yeah, very. Dark. I mean, for me, it's Van Dyke or Sterling, and whichever mm. one lifts the yeah, Premier League. It's the same for me. Mm. I agree. But <laughs> you watch it. Whoever gets this, it will finish second. This is the thing. Like, they could give it to to Sterling now and he could miss three sitters in the last three yeah. weeks of the season it cost Man City the title mm. and then he's player of the season for the rest of his life I actually saw year. this the other day with the championship player of the season awards six games to go in the championship and yeah. the playoffs also ridiculously and the players <laughs> they, they awarded goal of the year not season for 2018 at the same time it's like that was four months ago oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Ruben Neves yeah. goal as well wasn't it yeah yeah very strange Jesus. which was a year ago today actually I, was it? Um, oh, yeah. it was. funnily enough yeah. wow what a goal yeah uh, we've got a question from Henry who's in New York and he's 11 years old can you go believe on, that go on Henry he, he, he's, yeah. he's English um, grammar and spelling is way better than mine as well so <laughs> fair play to him uh, he wants to know if we think Callum Hudson-Odoi is the real deal whether he should sign a new contract at Chelsea or move to Bayern Munich bear in mind Chelsea face a potential transfer ban I, I think he is and I was we were mentioning earlier the transfer ban this could be massive for Chelsea if you get rid of Hazard you get rid of a few others and you basically say we've got a transfer ban we're going to have to use you know our players the, the transfer ban's two windows am I correct? yes so, mm-hmm. so next summer they'll be able to sign someone in 2020 if unless it gets delayed unless then, it gets delayed yeah. you could have a Chelsea side with you know Loftus-Cheek as a starter in centre midfield hudson Doys up there um, that Ampadu looks quite good mm. I think Ampadu is that yeah, how you say it? An Ampadu, yeah. the, uh, the, the centre half um, I'm trying to think who else is Mason there? Mount yeah the Mount's coming back from Derby I mean Reece James at Tammy Abraham yeah. Reese James this could be a completely new Chelsea this could work in their favour and I think they'd be stupid to let Caleb Hudson door go because he for me looks fantastic mm. you don't just get an England call up without playing without starting a Premier League match if you're terrible and do what he did in the England games and it would be criminal for them to let him go mm. absolutely criminal especially with the ban German media reports today that Bayern are going to go straight back in for him when the window opens apparently. yeah I think it's it's pretty clear that they'll do that I, I think if Chelsea dug their heels in just because I think it would be a bit mad to sell him and Hazard yeah. if they can't sign anyone if yeah. they if they signed if they uh, sorry sold Hazard kept Hudson-Odoi Pulisic comes in and they kind of split the minutes between them and figure out a way to play both of them that mm-hmm. could be electric and who knows if Hudson-Odoi is a Chelsea fan he grew up there he's been there since he was like eight years old or mm-hmm. something if he signed for, uh, if he stayed at Chelsea and played a lot next season then it's not out of the question that he does sign a new contract Mm. Yeah, this is what they're doing. They're just trying to keep him sweet. You know, you're going to play him now and get him to sign a contract before mm-hmm. the, the transfer window opens again. Yeah. I agree. I think they'll sell Hazard and then there's a huge gaping hole on the left. It's a natural succession. Yeah. And I think uh, there were reports that they'd offered him 100 grand a week. Um, I think they'll 
potentially raise that a bit more based on what his value could be in a few years, um, depending on the ban. I think there's a very high chance that he will stay. Um, they got lucky in, in January. I think Sari did not manage his situation well at all. Mm. Um, but the club stood firm and I think they'll they will pay off uh, for that so mm. um, but losing him and Hazard would be catastrophic for them yeah very much so what about Jaden Sancho Lewis is he going to stay at Dortmund this summer do we reckon I think he will this summer and I think I think particularly given the season Dortmund have had the, they <laughs> to try and sell to the fans like just like Usman Dembele had one superb season they weren't going to sell him to Barcelona and then he refused to train and everything and sort of forced their hand um, to trying to go to the fans in the summer and say we've just had that season if, if Dortmund win the league or, or don't win the league now they've run Bayern Munich much closer than anyone mm. thought they could last year um, to then go and sell Sancho would be very very hard to explain to people when he's tied down for another few years in his contract he's not going to be worth, le- worth less in 12 months than he's worth now um, if he does leave then somebody's going to have to pay over 100 million for mm. him but I think it'll probably be best for everyone. I think it'll be best for Jaden Sancho as well to have one more year in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. a slightly weaker league, you say, than the Premier League, or mm-hmm. if he if he were to move to mm-hmm. one of the big clubs in Spain as well, one more year of really being a star player, playing against defences that now know what he's about and that they're going to have to be really aware of him. And then I would probably expect him to return to England in 12 months. Mm-hmm. That's what you say about the value could increase. Like, you know, 100 million is sort of the going rate for a player like him now. But in 12 months, it'll probably be 150 million. Mm-hmm. Well, so you yeah, might as well just yeah. keep all of him or, just or he has a Or he has a, a worse season. Yeah. Teams don't really come in for him as hard and Dortmund gets keeping for an extra year, <laughs> yeah. which wouldn't be a problem yeah. either. Yeah. Well, that's uh, all we've got time for this week, I'm afraid. But that was very enjoyable. We'll be back next Thursday to talk about the second legs of the Champions League. So thank you to uh, Lewis, Matt and Phil. Thank you to you for listening at home. If you want to get your questions in towards the email address, is podcast at onefootball.com. And we'll see you next week.